Hey! Welcome to Hey Ass Butt. Hey! Yo! How y'all We're here been again. <laughs> One might ask why. And <laughs> the answer to that question is three years ago. Um, we decided to trick one of our friends into watching every episode of Supernatural. Yep. Uh, and for some reason, we've stuck to that promise. I don't know. We didn't really make a promise. Did we make a promise? We didn't. I we mean, did we, I, we kind of did because we were like, we were like, if we get to a certain point and no one's listening, we'll stop. But yeah. then people were listening, so we kept going. Oh, this is your fault, yep. listeners. Yep. Yep. You, you did this. You wrought this onto the world. Hey, we almost, hey, every time you're like, I don't know, that episode was a little lackluster, or I don't agree with that point they made, guess what, assholes? We would have fucked off into the night if you had just not listened. <laughs> but you kept listening. Yep, this is on you. Yep, you decided that we were cool and likable. Ugh, mm. gross, Ugh. no. <laughs> Actually, no. We are cool. You know why? Why? Because because we're out here running um, that down a dream. No, what? No, no, no that's not it. Oh. Because nothing's cooler than being yourself. Fuck, that's worse than what I said. <laughs> it is. Oh God, lads, I don't know about you, but um, comedy is a thing. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly it is. It feels it's... a little, more and more each day, it feels like laughing is... Harder and harder to do. It feels ephemeral. No, it's easy. It's super oh. easy. Oh, damn it. It's not hard at all. Well, oh, you know, sometimes it's hard because comedy is supposed to make you think. <laughs> Fuck damn me. it, I knew you were going to do it. <laughs> stop doing that. <laughs> he won't stop. Ah. He can't stop. He's not allowed in his contract. <laughs> yeah. Personally, I think that comedy is supposed to make you laugh, but um, let's uh, look. This is all a big setup. We're talking about running gags today. All right, yeah. we're talking about running fucking gags. So, <laughs> running Fuck gags in hey ass, but running gags in TV shows, running gags in other podcasts. We're just talking about running fucking gags. Yeah. That's what we're doing. All right. So, um, prepare your ear holes. Yeah, let's start. Let's start out with some running gags that we enjoy, and like maybe why we kind of enjoy them. Basically, actually, for real though, we're about to do something that I actually hate doing. We're What's about that? to explain the joke. Oh no! <laughs> it's the worst. It's the fucking worst. All right, who wants to go first? Hell, I will. Yeah. Hit right. me with it. I'm gonna go with like a traditional one first. One of my favorites is the. But I don't want it from uh, Seinfeld. Like the, I think the first one is I don't want to be a cowboy, and then like later on, like when he's got the puffy shirt, somebody's like, "You could be a pirate." And he's like, "I don't want to be a pirate." And it's like <laughs> three episodes, and I I just fucking love that one because it's just genuine in its simplicity, and it's just kind of fucking hilarious. Because nice. Jerry's got that good whiny ass voice for that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I guess, like, can we talk about a little bit, like, what kind of makes a running gag a running gag? Yeah. It's beating a dead horse. No. Well, I don't think it has, it doesn't have to be. (laughs) Yeah. 
a running it's, gag that has run its course is definitely being beaten like a dead horse. Yeah. A running gag can definitely wear thin. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. I feel like I wear y'all thin with my puns, and it's it's very much the same, you know. <laughs> but puns uh, is the same. to me, a running gag is like uh, either a joke or a consistency with a s- element of storytelling mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. pops up over multiple like episodes or uh, occurrences. Right. That um, is very purposeful, but feels organic. Yeah. So, like, what one of the examples I was going to use was in How I Met Your Mother, how they replace smoking weed with eating sandwiches. And it just sticks. I fucking yeah, love it. that's one of my favorites because he's telling the story to his kids, and he's like, "Oh fuck, I don't want to tell my kids I was smoking weed. We were eating sandwiches." <laughs> don't eat sandwiches until you're older, kids. Yeah. Right? Your brain doesn't stop yeah. developing until 25, and eating sandwiches is very dangerous up until then. It'll fuck your brain up, kids. Leave the one, pastrami to mommy and dad. One of the most um, like longest running longing gags on one of the most running gags on one of the most longest running television shows is a uh, Doctor Doctor Who. Yeah. Oh my oh god. god. Yep. <clears throat> so. That yeah, yeah, that is correct. I mean, everyone knows what running gags are now that we've explained it, but. <laughs> I guess, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, what makes a good running gag? Like, what's, what, what, because, you know, you've heard of the rule of threes. Yeah. But running gags are usually much longer than that. Oh, You know, said I over think, and over again. I think something that makes a running gag good is actually uh, less repetition over time. So if you want to establish a running gag... You, you you start with the, like, base joke, and you have that. Mm-hmm. And then to make it a running gag, like, say you have episode one, introduction to gag, and then maybe episode three or four, it comes back. Mm-hmm. And then maybe episode seven or eight, it comes back again. And then you don't see it again for another 10, 12, 15 episodes... And then it can come back again as a little Easter egg. Like, basically, to me, good running gags are almost like visual or um, vocal Easter eggs. Yeah. One of the running gags I always enjoyed was, um, and this is actually a completely visual one, is the snail always showing up in um, Adventure Time. Yes. Because it does very much feel like an Easter egg. Like, it's... So, Shelly the Snail, its name is Shelly, right? Uh, Shell B is a worm. Shell B is a worm. I don't know if there's a name for the snail. It's just the snail. Fucking snail name. There is a snail. For those of you who don't know, in every single episode of Adventure Time, there is a snail that pops up. Sometimes it's important to the plot, but most of the time it just shows up and waves at the camera. Yeah. I have seen every episode of Adventure Time multiple times. There are many episodes where I have not seen that fucking snail. I, what I like about the snail is that it's not, if I miss it, it's not important, but if I catch it, I feel like I've been given a reward. Yeah. 
that's an example of a running gag that's not necessarily like a comedy specific gag um one of the running gags i do like that is very comedy related is uh uh the i've made a huge mistake gag yes. from arrested development arrested development has got to be like the king of running gags i would say like arrested development and letter kenny are kind of like the running gag kings for sure yeah uh, one of my favorites from Arrested Development is the chicken dance. Yes. <laughs> and how everyone has a different one. <laughs> no one in that family knows what a chicken is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also really like, um, in Community, the Beetlejuice gag. Yeah. That's a... Oh my god. It takes, like, what, six? I think it's between a couple of seasons, right? Yeah. Basically, Fuck. for three, it's three times a character says Beetlejuice, and then in the background, the third time, a guy dressed as Beetlejuice walks across the screen. <laughs> Amazing. Ten out of that ten. That is pretty good. That is, yeah. Well, I, was, I was talking about with my cohorts here before we started rolling is uh so if we've talked about super best friends play the youtube channel yeah and, like every once in a while like just something like hits the fucking subreddit like a freight train and for a while it was crazy talk which was one of the guys on the show pat uh, he had this insane ability where he could just speak something into into existence like just say the wildest craziest stuff and then, like, the next day it would get announced or, like, added into something. Like, I don't remember any, fight, like, tangible examples of this. I just know it would happen. Oh, like, uh, this actually happened to um, some friends of mine that are running a, um, a Twitter account for the Toe Jam and Earl Cookbook. Mm-hmm. He tweeted about Steve being in Minecraft literally 12 hours before that was announced. And his and that tweet from that account blew the fuck up that day. Oh shit! Because he was just goofing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steve from Steve from Minecraft being yeah, in Smash no, Brothers. Yeah, Steve from Minecraft and Smash, and then it oh. happened. <laughs> oh goddamn! Like it's always fun, you know. Yeah. Accidentally bringing something into existence. Hell yeah! So I love that one of the running gags. One of your favorite running gags. Ben is um, the power of prophecy. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah, Ben has seen prophecy. so much comedy. To really surprise him, you basically have to be um, a god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so. that's basically it. Uh, one of I think we've had a couple of running gags on Hey Ass But. Oh yeah, and um, when we remake the show. Yep, in. <laughs> 10 to 50,000 years. Yeah, in X amount of years. Um, I think we can all agree that man is the true monster. <laughs> yes! So, that's... But not the way you think? Yeah. Um, and we've also retired some running gags. Like, when was the last time any of us were like, Hi, my name is Blank and I'm gonna live forever. Oh, man. It's been a minute since we've done that. Yeah. That, that running gag did not live forever. Oh, oh. bears... Bears, that's actually, yeah, bears with tricks. That's an example of a supernatural running gag that I think works really well. Mm. Um, 
I think one of my favorite things about the bears, the local office, the local police keep blaming random attacks on fucking bears is because it's subtle. It doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it's just a reminder that like, apparently the police in this world just believe that (laughs) bears have the ability to pick locks. Yeah. (laughs) So, or they're so out of tune with the supernatural. They're just like, I don't know, man, maybe Yogi did it. What the, what the, I want to go fucking home. So, God, that's so good. Um, but yeah, any other? What are some running gags that we're not fans of that just kind of wore out their welcome, or were just never that interesting to begin with? Bazinga. Jokes that didn't land. Yeah, fucking. <laughs> Holy <bazinga>. shit! Yeah. <laughs> okay, that is that is cheating. That is no, it's not. No, it's fucking not. What are you gonna, what are you gonna do? That's like. God, I'm trying to think of what that's an example like. Beating that's, a dead horse. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's taking someone's gun out of their head, shooting them in the leg, and then beating them with the back of the handle. That's what that is. So, that's, uh... But it's true. Yeah. Is there yeah. a single... I mean, how much of I, Big Bang yeah. Theory have y'all seen? Uh, almost kind of none. So, well, we had starkly different answers to that question, Travis. Oh my God, what's your answer? What's your answer? Oh, kind of a lot. Really? My, my parents would watch it. This makes sense. My yeah. parents would watch it too, but I would always just like very forcibly ignore or remove it from my brain any time I saw it. Yeah, exactly. You just kind of get So, it. yeah. Man. There's a. I will go ahead and say there are a lot of like three camera sitcoms or like laugh track sitcoms that have running gags that just don't. They don't land. They don't work. Yeah. Yeah. Don't work. Yeah. Uh, for me to go back to how I met your mother, I think one for me that didn't work was Ted's cowboy boots. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was a gag that they kept trying to bring back, and I never liked it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, what- Speaking of how I met your mother, I was never I didn't I was never a fan of how Robin just hated Patrice. Um, uh, do y'all remember Patrice? I don't remember Patrice. Patrice. Okay. No. no. Pa- Patrice um was this woman who worked with Robin and I think it might have worked cuz the joke was Robin was always just like nobody asked you Patrice, fuck you Patrice. Oh, okay. And I kind of like think, a a Michael and Toby situation from the office. Yeah. He, yeah, and if I had seen the office, I'm sure I would understand that, but um I don't I think the reason why it didn't work is Patrice so Robin is of course played by um Kobe Smolder who is totally gorgeous um you know woman and Patrice was played by someone who was you know also very pretty but not in a Hollywood way um Patrice was played by an actress who was overweight and like not white and I think it might have worked if maybe I don't know it always kind of felt like Robin was just like the pretty girl bullying Patrice and that's why I was I don't think I could ever really get behind it it also just wasn't funny like Colby Smolders is a good um character actress and she's got good comedic timing but like the way she would act out that line it just wasn't it never landed um for me 
When, really. like, with that, it sounds like it was just kind of baseless, weird hatred. Like, yeah, because Patrice was always so nice to her, like, just freakishly kind. Right. You know, a Pollyanna type. And so to go back to that same kind of like running gag in the office where like Michael is the boss and Toby is the HR department from corporate. Mm -hmm. So Michael, Michael has legitimate reasons to not like Toby being around because Michael is basically like, let's have a party. And Toby's like, actually we can't. So like to, in, in that situation, there's like reason for that hatred to be fueled but it also is like the hatred is met with such apathy from Toby that it makes Michael's like weird rage more hilarious yeah yeah because he's just like Toby's a fine nice guy like there's no reason yeah no, for, like the, the stuff with fucking like Toby like all of those scenes like I don't like the office I don't hate it, but sweet Christ, those scenes are kind of great. Like just oh, yeah. Michael just getting pissed off that Toby is just fucking around. You know, I can actually kind of see it working with Michael and Toby in a way that it wouldn't work with Robin and Patrice, because I feel like that gag could work if we accept the, like, that gag could work in a show like It's Always Run- Sunny in Philadelphia, where all the characters are pieces of shit, and that's kind of oh, the point. Oh, yes. Absolutely. But we're supposed to accept the fact that Robin is basically a good, nice person who, like, mm. has some flaws just like everyone else, but it just, this this blind hatred that she feels for Patrice just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Michael, I can see it working a little bit better, because isn't Michael also supposed to be kind of, like, kind of not great sometimes? Well, yeah, that's his thing, is, like, he always means well. But it yeah. never comes off as well as he wants it to. Right. Like, he's always just accidentally... Like, he's, his heart is in the right place, but he will say something accidentally uh, very un-PC, thinking that yeah. he's saying something good. Yeah. He's... Uh, he He's a... Uh, Which is a gag in itself. Boss. Yeah. And speaking of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the gag of Charlie not knowing how to read or write... That's always great as fuck. That is a good one. I actually saw a video that was like, that has been set up since season one. Because there was, I can't remember what happened, but basically like there was an episode where Charlie got a concussion, like a major concussion. And they even like did his makeup to show like the symptoms on his face of like being majorly concussed. And then from that season, that episode and that season on, his, like, reading and writing has gotten worse and worse. Yep. Which is also a major, like, signifier of having a major concussion and it being untreated. One of the best uses of it is when they're just in a bar and he, like, leans over to Dennis and he goes... Hey man, do you think there's a pirate in that room? And Dennis just like s- stares at him, stares at the door. It's like, what the fuck? You mean the door that says private? What the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> that is good. <laughs> I've always been a really big fan of Arrested Development's running gags because every every 
if you like sat me down and pointed a gun to my head and were just like, quick, what's the best TV comedy of the past 20 years? I would probably say Arrested Development. Um, Every joke in Arrested Development builds on each other in a way, not when Netflix brought it back, to be clear, the original three seasons that played on Fox. Mm -hmm. Every joke in Arrested Development builds into each other. Every character, every decision that each character makes, every misunderstanding that's more hilarious than the last, just, just piles and piles and piles on until the ending is unavoidable and yet completely surprising and amazing. Yeah. Um, I love how the characters interact. I like that Michael is not much better than the rest of his family, although he tries to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just adds to the like chaotic confusion of them trying to handle their lives after their you know, father is arrested and their funds are cut off from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the running gags and arrested development are so legendary. Like we could spend the next three hours just quoting from that show. Oh, for sure. Tobias being like in a transparent closet, <laughs> the, um, maybe, maybe being George Michael's cousin. Yeah. I may have committed, com- I may have committed some light treason. <laughs> There's always money in the banana stand. Blah, blah, blah's log block. Gene Parmesan. <laughs> that's why you always leave a note. The fucking doctor that's too literal. Lucille. Like, it's all so good. And it just, Dead like. Dead do not open <laughs> I don't know what I expected. Dead Dove Do Not Open is such an iconic... Like, I could write a paper on the (laughs) cultural impact (laughs) that the line Dead Dove Do Not Open has had on society. (laughs) And if y'all are degenerates like me, you already know what I'm fucking talking about. And if you don't, stay in school. So the point I'm trying to make is that if you want to learn how to write a good running gag, go watch Arrested Development because it is fucking excellent. Um, Also, Community has a lot of really good ones, too. All right. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Community is a close second for best TV comedies in my book. Like, I love that show so much. It's amazingly Um, well done, and I love to hear Dan Harmon talk about it. yeah. Yeah. So, and also fuck Chevy Chase. Yeah. 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 I, I re- you know what's crazy is that Fred Lillard, or Frank Lillard? What's his name? I think it's Frank. Like the guy who plays him in like the flashback or like mm. the, uh, God, what is happening in that goddamn, basically I think somebody's having a concussion and they're in a coma and they're just dreaming sequences of prior times. Mm-hmm. And there's a, they have this different old white guy. I want to say it's Fred Lillard. It's going to bug me for a while. Uh, but he was originally supposed to be Pierce Hawthorne. Oh, nice. I would it's have like, preferred yeah, that. Fred Willard is his name. My, di- my bad. Oh, Fred Willard. He died recently, right? Yeah, he died within like the past year or two. Yeah. Oh, God. He's best known for Best in Show. And hell yeah. If you haven't seen that movie, oh, hell yeah, you should watch it. It's very also- similar to... 
Best one of the last things he did was in um, uh, I Think You Should Leave. Yes. And he's playing that fucking like circus organ at a funeral. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, it's so good. Um, he was also apparently in that uh, Space Force show that they made. Really? Kind of, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, Fred Woodward is excellent. Yeah. So, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Hmm. And a lot of Christopher Guest documentaries who made Best in Show. Oh, yeah. um, Christopher Guest, if you haven't seen any of his mockumentaries, which you definitely should because they're amazing. Um, yeah. Waiting for Guffman is really funny. This is Spinal Tap, Tap is really great. Um, consideration is also lovely. Yeah. Um, he also, fun fact, uh, played the Six-Fingered Man in... Fucking really? In, uh, in Princess oh, Bride. Bride? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fred Willard did? No, 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 Christopher, no. Christopher Guest. Oh, Christopher Guest. I was like, okay, I gotta watch that movie. Yeah. We slipped the same way, and then, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, Sorry, yeah. yeah. We, I, we, got, we, I gotcha. We skipped around a little there. bit. <laughs> we brought it back. So, Christopher Guest is some sort of lord? I mean, Member of the House of Lord Temporal. Nice. Someone mm. tell me what that means. I don't know. It means so he, he's part of the Illuminati, probably. Yeah. Ah, okay, cool. Yeah. That makes sense. He was preceded by the fourth Baron Hayden Guest and succeeded by seat abolished under House of Lords Act 1999. So, no one. Huh. British politics is confusing. Anyways, um... <laughs> anything else we need to say before we, uh get into some discussion about some supernatural running gags. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to Letter Kenny because it's also like running gags of the show. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but very much so in more like the dialogue, but that's like part of it is like everyone has these like has this like quirky dialogue going on that makes it surreal. Mm. Um, whether it's just like how people repeat phrases the same way every time. Yeah. Um yeah, but yeah, like just just like Arrested Development, like you there is a laundry list of running gags from Letter Kenny. I got one to go back to uh how I met your mother. It's a running gag I don't like. What's that? Ted Mosby's character as a whole. Oh, oh well. God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that, that can that be counted as a running gag? And I'd also like to mention Friends, Ross, <laughs> as a whole. <laughs> you yeah. know what, all of them. Friends <laughs> as a whole. Friends as a whole. <laughs> um, let's see. I think the worst running gag of Frasier was the entire show. No, I'm just kidding. Frasier's amazing. <laughs> Frasier's a pretty good show. Yeah, go watch Frasier if you haven't seen it. It's so good. Um, it's one of the like laugh track sitcoms I actually really enjoy, as is Golden Girls. Golden oh, Girls yeah. is amazing. It is hilarious. Holy shit, Golden Girls is good. Sorry, I could wax poetic about Golden Girls for a while. It's so <laughs> fucking funny. Um, and just a very smartly written show. Uh, oh, The Nanny's good, too. The nanny's I feel good. like yeah. I spend a lot of time t- talking shit about, like, three camera laugh track sitcoms so here are some ones that I actually like The Nanny 
How I Met Your Mother before the season nine Golden Girls Frasier. Well, that's pretty much all I got. Yeah. Mash. Mash is good. Was Mash, Mash did Mash have a laugh track? Yeah. Yeah. I don't really remember. So, oh, well, Bonanza was pretty good too. I don't know if it was like strictly comedic. I mean, there's a lot of there was a laughs at least a couple of times an episode. I actually rewatched some of Sister Sister recently, which is like a Disney Channel original show, but it was actually it, it was solid. It had some some good stuff. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um. Yeah, that's all I gotta say. Let's get into the episode, guys. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, wait, before we get into the episode. Uh, l- last episode, we we met, uh, we had the first mention of Metatron the Archivist. Mm-hmm. Um, or Metatron. <laughs> the, the Archivist. Yeah, the Archivist. <laughs> uh, Guess what Travis and I have been listening to. Slash <laughs> telling uh, men about. <laughs> they've been assaulting me with facts about this damn thing. Yeah. But, uh, so we met avoided, Metatron. That we're avoiding mentioning now. <laughs> we met Metatron, the scribe of the word of God. And uh, if you listeners, if you go to Habcast.com and look at our episode lists, each episode is like a blog page, and each blog page is written by Metatron the Archivist. So a secret running that's gag. A, yeah, that's a little secret running gag that no one knew about. Are we just going to continue calling? Except for me. <laughs> oh, that's an Easter egg now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are we just going to you know, continue calling Metatron an ar- the archivist? Yeah. yeah that's that's sure. Okay. Is that a new running gag we have? You know what we haven't mentioned, and I know one of our listeners will, is the clock that you see in a lot of Supernatural episodes. Oh, yeah, the clock. Yeah, yeah, a little mm. visual Oh, and gag. also the, um, the motel room. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that counts as a running gag or if it just counts as like a... Oh, we've run out of set budget again. <laughs> we'll talk about some more supernatural wanting bags and gags in just a minute. Travis, mm. this week's episode is called There Will Be Blood. Whose milkshake are we drinking? Um <laughs> I'm fucking hilarious. <laughs> um Sam and Dean go to donate blood. But when they go and they get hooked up to the blood bag, it's secretly for, um, they're secretly transfusing their blood into this Frankenstein monster that someone built. And now it's the most powerful hunter that's ever been built by man. And, and they have to deal with it. Mm. It's actually the antagonist for the next season. Oh, shit. Oh, man. Travis, I feel like you were about to just actually describe what happened in the episode, realize that was happening, and then change tracks. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you were like, they could donate... B- Fuck, shit, that happens. Ugh. <laughs> 
what have we not seen in Supernatural at all? Frankenstein's monster? I'm in. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll try yep. I don't know if all or none of that happens. Let's find out. <laughs> Let's do it. And we're back. Yeah. With another, some more spicy takes. Mm-hmm. Back at it again with the Krispy Kreme. Yeah. Um, first thing I want to say about this episode before we get into anything else is very quickly, Bobby's reappearance as a joke is becoming more and more sitcom-y. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I keep expecting Dean to, like, be, you know, leaning down to, like, splash some cool water on his face for some reason and then um like look back up and Bobby's in the mirror and he's like oh you Bobby and then like the title card plays and it's like my life with my ghost surrogate dad and that's (laughs) (laughs) you know that's gonna be the remake of Supernatural it's just gonna be ghost (laughs) It's going to be Ghost Surrogate Dad. So, who keeps leaving ectoplasm all over the place? Bobby! Sorry, guys. I'm not very good at being dead yet. (laughs) (laughs) The audience It's like a beat trombone. Damn it, Bobby. I left out this pudding to defrost overnight, and now it's all ghost goo. Okay, I don't know what's going on in this thing. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that one. Fuck. It's Honestly, like... I was... <laughs> go, sorry, go on. Uh, I was going to... You You go first, and then I'll say my thing. My landlord says we're not allowed to have straight ghosts in the apartment, so you have oh, to fuck. pretend to be a gay ghost. <laughs> all right, fuck. That's a sitcom um, that actually exists, right? That's I didn't make that up. Well, there was this one on Hulu where, like, this guy had the power to see ghosts and he had to fix ghost problems for some reason. It was one what of the guys problems from... problems do you have as a fucking ghost? Well, unfinished business. Like, yeah, I was the say, there's one, there's one I walked big into one that, that one. comes to mind. Yeah, you yeah, walked but... right fucking into that one. <laughs> I was so... Look, I yearned for death so badly that I was like, not having to pay bills anymore. <laughs> what else do ghosts... What else happens? You yeah, get yourself right into that clothesline. I don't. Yeah. I don't know why I forgot about unfinished business because it turns out Bobby has some unfinished business. Damn yes, right. he and does indeed. That unfinished business is helping Sam and Dean not be fucking morons. Yeah. Oh my god. I can't. I honestly like. I'm glad that this episode moved at the pace that it did, mm-hmm. but also just Bobby explaining the answer to them right away within the first minute of this episode was just like fucking come on guys yeah you gave him a riddle last episode for no fucking reason you and it's like i'm assuming a significant amount of time has passed and now uh fucking bobby is just like here's the answer you idiots yeah yeah pretty much the we talked about we've talked a little bit about Sam's himbification. Speaking of running gags, but have we spent enough time talking about Dean's? Like because it, it was strong. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Dean may have been maybe just a himbo from the beginning. Like maybe mm. that's just how he was born. But yeah, 
Um, so I think the most, okay, so part of this is an issue that we've already kind of talked about where, um, they're just like, oh, fuck, next, the next episode's the last one of the season. I guess we gotta wrap this shit up. Yeah. So, shit's being handed to them. Um, I think we talked about last episode how they were given a literal deus ex machina to figure it, figure out how to defeat the Leviathans. Yep, literally. Which is burr, 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 lazy. Um, it's more like a deus ex word docking. Uh, uh, more get like it, a like deus word document. Oh, I, we got there. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, Travis, it was pretty good. It was like a yeah. Like was, a, was a I was gonna one. give that a seven out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> so, I I guess I should go ahead and say, like, how how do we like this episode, guys? It's uh, I mean, fine. yeah, it was a it was fine. It was like a general fetch quest episode. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly. What but it, is. it was it was cool seeing the alpha vampire again. Yeah, that was pretty um, solid. I liked the, I liked the alpha vampire figuring out that Dick Roman duped him. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then I also liked, I liked Crowley's like attitude towards <laughs> Sam and Dean trying to get his blood. Yes, I gotta give ten out of ten for Crowley. Honestly, yeah. That was um, that was a good time. Speaking of like being like, this episode is trash. Nine point five out of ten. That's how I am with <laughs> like. That's that's just how I am with uh, Crowley being in the episode. This this episode offended me. It dehydrated my crops. My children are screaming. I hate it. No, Mark Shepard was amazing though. Ten out of ten. <laughs> Crowley was a character in it, so I actually loved it. Um, Crowley comes in and is like, okay, so last episode, Sam and Dean were basically given a poem, and they, apparently they dicked around on that for like a week or two, yeah. and instead of actually fucking doing something about it. So that was really exciting. Um, Bobby had to feed them the answers of what blood they need. Uh, in this case, it's the blood of a fallen angel, which they got from Castiel already, like just off the list. Mm-hmm. Um, a, the blood of the leader of the damned, which is Crowley, and then the like beast, like King Beast, which is an alpha. Thankfully, there's still an alpha alive. It's the alpha vampire. Crowley agrees to give Sam and Dean his blood if he can get the other blood. If they can get the other blood they need, as well as a bone of, like, a super righteous human mm-hmm. that they can soak the blood in. Um, he, Crowley doesn't know that Cass is alive, and so he is like, I don't know where you're going to get this angel blood. That's going to be the hardest one, right? Dean lies, essentially, and is like, yeah, that's going to be... Super difficult. Anyways, um, <laughs> it's basically like fingers crossed behind their back lie. Like, yeah, we don't. We we've never even met an angel. Where are we gonna get? Are we gonna get that? <laughs> an angel? No one's seen them in thirty five years. Like, yeah, it's uh, 
super obvious that Dean is lying through his fucking teeth. But also, like, good instincts, Dean. Like, thanks, Dean, for not, you know, barreling into this like you do everything else this episode. Yep. Um, I had to say, real quick before we get back to Crowley, did anyone else think that this episode was just going to be about Dick Roman? Like... I was hoping it was when he fucking made, mugged to the camera. Oh yeah, I really, I did really like that cold open with uh, with the Dick Roman interview. Yeah, explaining why like, they're getting buying Sucrocorp. Which we had a Sucrocorp commercial last episode. I had forgotten about. Yeah. Yeah. And then I realized that there was a Sucrocorp, like very corporate, like. We have your best interest, humans, except, haha, no, we don't. We're a corporation. Yeah. Um. <laughs> the plan comes to light. The Leviathans are going to put high fructose corn syrup in everything, and they're going to dumb down the humans to basically fucking brain dead. Like, well, and <clears throat> it's already gone into effect, and I actually really enjoyed those scenes, too, whenever we oh, met yeah. a human that was just too stoned to live. I liked the, um, well, the thing is, is, like, it's all the stuff that already has corn syrup in it that people eat all the time anyway. Right. Um. Yeah, Sam and Dean have to go organic and, like, to the, just straight vegetables. I really liked that. The Supernatural said, grow crops in your front yard. Yeah. That... <laughs> Supernatural said, grow crops. The Supernatural said, <laughs> live sustainably, become a subsistence farmer. Yeah. <laughs> so, God, once again, I think one of the reasons why I liked it opening on Dick is just the reminder that the overall theme of the season is unfettered capitalism will destroy us all. Yes. And, like, um, th- that forgives a lot of sins. It really does. Yeah, it does. All the complaints of this season, like, I can pretty much forgive because Supernatural really went, guys, Jeff Bezos will drain us dry and kill us all. Like, essentially. And thank you for that. I appreciate the shit out of that, Supernatural. That's amazing. Of all the shows, I would not expect it from this one. Hell yeah. Um, like it really just hit a ton of the major points like the oh god it's just so good like it's so smartly written and it's I mean it's not super smartly written it's it's good <laughs> I enjoy it it forgives a lot of sins I've lost the track Um, and James Stewart Patrick just fucking sells it like he is a perfect dick. He's a solid dick, 10 out of 10. He's he's definitely a solid fucking dick. And he's a dick I want to see get beat. Oh my god, go. yeah, that line where they were like, this dick is hard to beat. I was just like, who boy. <laughs> I'm going to go They're ahead really and just say... Reeling those in. Um... I'm going to go ahead and say this. Dick's too good. He's too oh. good at being a dick. Yeah. No, he's too good at being an evil asshole who Sam and Dean definitely should not be able to beat. Yeah, I'm right. sorry. Sure. 
I'm like, I'll, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Dick should win. The Leviathan should win this season. That's like, that's what I'm. Let me tell you guys, I am like still in this like, how are Sam and Dean going to get out of this one? Like, how are Sam and Dean going to get out of this one? The, you know what? My answer is they're not. Cass is going to swoop in and save them and get them out of it. What do you think about Crowley? Think he might stick his neck out? You know what? Because the ending scene of this episode is Crowley showing up and, like, being summoned and trapped in Dick's office. That's right. Okay. Crowley is going to stick his neck up uh, out enough to save himself and just happen to also save Sam and Dean. Interesting predicament, Travis. Prediction, even. Not predicament. Well, it is an interesting predicament. Okay, anyways. Um, interesting theory. Anything else? Any other... Um... Ideas, maybe, on how the Duke boys are gonna get out of this one? I mean, like... I don't know. I feel like... So, another thing we saw in this episode was Bobby saw basically the Dick Roman interview or like he saw a Dick Roman thing on TV and then wound up possessing a motel housekeeper to grab his flask and go confront Dick Roman. Mm -hmm. So I also think something is going to happen to Bobby and like he's going to go face Dick Roman and then he's going to get like total vengeful spirited out. He's going to go, like, Super Saiyan Vengeful Spirit, and basically, I'm, I'm guessing Bobby is going to Vengeful Spirit himself and then fizzle out and basically make it more unhelpful for Sam and Dean. Um, <clears throat> speaking of Bobby, we need to talk about him real quick, because he, his presence on the show has quickly become a problem, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um... Last episode, he couldn't, he didn't, he was sir not appearing in this film because he, uh, was, you know, tired after going up against Dick Roman in the Dungeons and Dragons tattoo episode, but now he's back and he's better than ever. I am confused on how ghost mechanics work. I have to say, I'm not really, like, yeah, they're definitely setting up for him to become a vengeful spirit, Travis, and... I don't remember the last episode of season seven very well, so I'm not quite sure how this plays out. Like, I completely forgot about him possessing the maid. Um, so I will go ahead and say, like, this is kind of as much a surprise to you as it is to me. Uh, <laughs> but um, I just feel like he had such a perfect send off with yeah. his death yeah. episode, with his last memory being this amazing movie night. Where they're, uh, I think the thing I like most about Bobby's last memory is that it's not hunting related. Yes. It has nothing yeah. to do with the issues that plagued him throughout his life. It is just him spending time with his, like, surrogate sons, adopted sons, essentially, mm. while they argue about movie snacks. And that's just so perfect for that character. 
Do I hate that Bobby died? Yes. Would I love to see more Jim Beaver because I love him and I love this character? Absolutely. But not this way. It just feels like kind of a desecration of of the character. Um, and I also just don't see much point. He didn't really do anything super useful this episode except hand them the keys to the kingdom. But yeah. that felt cheap yeah. because it felt like they were just... It didn't feel like there was any struggle. There was a moment in this episode where Sam's like, nothing's come easy to us. Yeah, back in seasons one through five. But this, but the, the way that this season is resolving, it's just been like, here you go, Sam and Dean, right this way. Like, they might as well serve Dick up on a platter mm-hmm. yeah. at this point. Oh, God. And the other thing is like, I don't know, um basically part of the prophecy or part of the thing is like if you cut off the head the rest will die what the fuck is this a video game yeah like that's real fucking convenient isn't it the idea that like if they kill dick then all of them die i just i don't know it's yeah. way too convenient yeah yeah um oh god i literally had something on i forgot what i was gonna i was gonna say oh it, it, back to the vein of Bobby giving them answers, that's kind of been Bobby's role in the past. Like, Bobby kind of helps out Sam and Dean with research. Sure. But at the same time, in seasons one through five, it was like Bobby would help them when we have already seen Sam and Dean try everything else that should work first. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so here is here is an example, I think. I'm going to compare what happened this episode to something that happened earlier in Season 7, actually. Okay. Bobby stumbling across the way to, like, put the Leviathans out of commission versus this. All right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, figuring out about being able to behead the Leviathans and then, you know, spraying them in Borax to slow them down. That was an excellent reveal. Um, it's something that's kind of fun and kooky and very much supernatural because it's like fucking Borax, really, but also in a way it makes total <laughs> sense because Leviathan have been in a box for, you know, eons. Like, they would have never come across this, like, weakness that they have, which is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um... But, yeah, I really, uh, I think that works in a way that this doesn't, because it felt organic. It didn't, it wasn't Bobby just showing up after, you know, not being seen for a week and being like, here we go, here's have the answer to everything. It happened because Jody wanted to clean his house to do something yeah. nice for him. Mm-hmm. That just feels like something Jody would do. It yeah. makes sense. And of course, the floors are kind of leaky, so it leaks to the basement where Bobby is interrogating, we're interrogating a Leviathan. The reason why Bobby cuts off his head is because the Leviathan won't shut the fuck up, and it makes Bobby so mad that he just acts out of anger, and he figures out that's a way to, like, get him to, you know, stop for a little bit. It doesn't kill the Leviathan, but it's an effective way to keep them to kind of deal with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and it and it feels like it's organically earned, even though it also comes across. It also is you know stuff that's all discovered in a single episode, and yeah. it's the first time we really see a way to slow the Leviathans down. But it doesn't feel cheap or easy because it we see Bobby struggle with answers. We see him try out other stuff, and then he kind of stumbles across this, and it feels very natural. It feels mm-hmm. very organic. This just feels like Bobby got a script from Andrew Dabb, the writer of this episode, because they had to wrap shit up. And he was like, come on, guys, don't you know this is how this is going to happen, obviously? Yeah, there's just something that's, like, not natural about that. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Guys, there's something not natural that's going on. (laughs) Killing me. Uh, Let's talk about the Alpha Vampire. Yeah, it was super awesome seeing him again. Yeah. Rickworthy, man. Delightful. You know, there's something weird about seeing Rickworthy as the Alpha Vampire versus seeing him as um, Professor, what's his name, in The Magicians? Uh, Dean Fogg. Dean Fogg. Uh, mm-hmm. Seeing him as, as Dean Fogg in The Magicians he like it feels like he commands so much more like respect and power like mm-hmm. any scene that Dean Fogg is in it feels like he's taking up the whole room God, True. versus like the alpha vampire he seemed kind of like it was almost like he was shorter than I imagined <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd be taller I yeah. thought I'd be taller too um i really enjoyed rick worthy's performance as the alpha vampire i think he's properly creepy i think they went a little overboard in making the alpha vampire creepy like we get it oh yeah oh god especially with the kids thing oh god so we see um the Sam and Dean basically are tracking this alpha va- the alpha vampire and they come across this one like spot for the vampire and they find this girl there and she's probably like I don't know like 19 or something I'm going to be gracious and say she's definitely 19 years old and she was kidnapped <laughs> when she was 8 it's been years she's basically kept around to f- be fed on turns out that's just what the alpha vampire does he just kidnaps kids and then feeds on them for years and it's super creepy and weird for virgin reasons oh god that was i literally my my eyes rolled out of my head when that line came up have you ever seen an a thing in a show ruin a thing in another show because that happened to me with this episode yeah you know the line about how, like, that really funny line from What We Do in the Shadows, where it's like, yeah, I like virgins because, you know, if you want to eat a sandwich, you probably prefer knowing that no one else has fucked it first. <laughs> well, that's great, but Supernatural has given me new context into this line, and I hate it now. Yeah. <laughs> God. Hate Ooh. it. Uh, in that case, I mean, in in the, and in that respect, like, good fucking job, Mister Dab. <laughs> yeah, good. But you can't possibly get any creepier than that. Yeah. 
And he, I mean, he sells it. I mean, like he does a good job. Um, he does an excellent job making it creepy as hell. Yeah, and making all of our skin crawl. Yeah, I, liked... I also don't know how I feel about the kids referring to him as daddy. Mm, yeah, I know how I feel about funny. it negatively. <laughs> I mean, not, yeah, definitely negatively. I'm fan. just like, I'm conflicted about which negative it needs to be. All of it, all of the negatives. So. Um, I will go ahead and say Sam and Dean going in to confront the vampires. So basically whatever the Leviathans have put in the high fructose corn syrup is actually poison to other monsters, which like mm, chef's kiss Leviathans. Good job on that plan. Genius. I love that. Um, because basically there's a finite resource of humans. Oh, God, the metaphor could not be any stronger. There's a yeah. finite resource of humans, and they don't want to share. Amazing. 10 out of 10. I love it. Yeah. And, um, the God, the alpha vampire is like, there's 7 billion. Yeah. And Edgar is just like, so? Yeah, only, <laughs> seven. only seven. Only seven. Because Dick went around last year and was like, to all the you know, leaders of the monsters, I guess, and was like, don't tell anyone about me or my plan because we're all going to have a fucking free-for-all buffet. No, we're fucking not, idiot. It's all bad from here. The dick's going to kill you. Oh, God. Not his (laughs) best moment. With the dick. Yeah. Um, But I did like the little, like, Edgar Alpha fight that they had. Um, but one of Sam and Dean's like dumb moments is they go to confront the alpha vampire and they show up at the house he's in and, um, they notice the front door is open. They, they, the vampires might as well have put up a sign that was like trap (laughs) through here, (laughs) right, right this way. (laughs) They like... The sign could not have been more obvious, and they and these two fucking dumbasses just walk in and then walk. immediately get captured. <laughs> At least go in knife first, guys. Yeah, for fucking real. steak first, shit. Sam's like, go fucking vial of poison blood first or something. Yeah, fucking. Oh, that right? whole scene was great. God. Oh yeah. Oh my god. The way they get the blood. <laughs> <laughs> so many ethical Katrina. questions. Yeah, they just oh, walk man. up to this guy who's eating, who's drinking a slurpee. And he's clearly been like zoned the fuck out. He's clearly on that Leviathan goop, and like <laughs> Dean Sam's like, we're here to get blood for the Red Cross, and Dean's like, we're not even fucking with that. Hey, dude, hold out your arm. We need to take blood from you. <laughs> And he does it. And then he's like, this is for Hurricane Katrina, right? And they're like, yeah, sure, man, whatever. (laughs) And then this cop runs up, and he's just honking on his horn and, like, playing music. It's fucking ridiculous. Like, It's Why Can't We Be Friends, which is one of those songs. Like, I only know a couple of songs by war, but it's always fun when they pop up. Yeah. Yeah. It just... That was excellent. I, I mean, again... Sam and Dean should not have been able to beat the Leviathans. No. They shouldn't yeah. have been able to. 
They only just beat Lucifer by the skin of his teeth. By the skin of their dick. So. Um, yeah. I just... Oh, that was awesome. And then um, Edgar shows up. And this is after Sam and Dean have been like, you know Dick's gonna kill all of you, right? <laughs> like, he's... He's he's lied to you. He is going to eat all the humans and murder all of you guys. And the Alpha Vampire, a real like galaxy brain genius, is like, oh no, maybe I'll hear the other side of things. Yeah. <laughs> so is is Edgar gone? I guess because he gets his head cut off and gets Borax think- to the face. For all intents and purposes, Edgar is gone because he gets his head cut off. Mm-hmm. And Dean is like, get that head away from the body ASAP. Right. So my guess is Edgar is like permanently out of commission. Yeah. He's permitted. But we, we're not going to see him again, probably. Maybe. You know, I, I'm still holding on to that Sam and Dean should have cut off a Leviathan's head and carried it around with them. Like, And that then brought it out in front of happened. other Leviathans to turn them into stone. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that would be better. Yeah. Man, that would be so much it. better. That would be badass yeah. as fuck. I want that. I want that yeah. in Supernatural. Like, just, even we'll if they it. could just carry around the Leviathan's head and it slowly leaks the information to them, instead of Bobby or Cass showing up and giving them Deus Ex Machina answers like that would be way better oh my god can you imagine like they cut off edgar's head in episode one of this season or episode three or whatever the fuck it was and just carry and just edgar just travels with them the entire season (laughs) that is exactly what i'm talking about that would be amazing (laughs) oh my god hey um, unrelated to this, but kind of related, seeing of Edgar and the Alpha Vamp, do you want to hear about this real fucking thing I had happen to me during the episode? Oh boy, yes. yes. Okay, so, when Edgar and the Alpha Vampire are fighting, the Alpha Vampire is like, I can't believe you do this to me, I'm a son of Eve, and Edgar's like, I met Eve, and she was a whore, which, ugh, uh, okay, well, I'm so tired of that, but whatever. Um, the, uh, but then, like, in, you know, the Alpha Vampire is like, my attack! I, <laughs> for the until now could not remember who Eve was. I was like the literal biblical <laughs> Eve? I no, for- that was my first pull too. I forgot there was a whole ass villain last season mother of all named Eve and she appeared in a white fucking dress. Like completely <laughs> forgot about her. I don't think she was a whole ass villain. She was definitely half ass. Oh god yeah. yes. Yeah true. I take it back. I'm not a whole ass villain. Just a villain. She wasn't yeah. even in the season for half of it. Correct. Exactly. A quarter-ass ass villain. There you go. So. But he mentioned Eve, and I was like, when did Eve come up? I didn't realize we were... Yeah. De- and that's... And she did appear, technically. <laughs> speaking as a character. So, that happened. Yeah, I... When, when the <clears throat> Alpha Vampire was like... 
I'm the son of Eve, and I would, in my head, I was just like, yeah, that fucking whole shit, bunch of good, that's doing you right now. Oh, wow, <laughs> what a cool badass boast. Who the fuck is that again? Is that that chump who was taken out by the Winchesters in, like, two fucking episodes? Yeah, I liked how we- Edgar was like, weird flex, but okay, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, there's, you know, I kind of want to talk about some more of the casual misogyny this episode, because there's actually quite a bit of that. Yeah. There's a thing with Eve, um, how, uh, the girl is treated, I can't remember her name, Emma? Emily. Emily, Emily. Emily. How Emily is treated as sort of like this waifish victim who then becomes, like, so it turns out she's on the Alpha Vampire's side. Mm-hmm. And Dean's like, whoa, Stockholm Syndrome. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, yeah. yeah. Especially since there are several real world uh, examples of people like, like women like Emily. You know, mm-hmm. women who were abducted and when they were children and kept for years and there is an implication of like sexual mistreatment and that is not how they acted need to be treated yeah they were yeah yeah, like elizabeth smart comes to mind she was a victim Mm -hmm. she was never knowingly like yeah, there's uh, there's a lot to unpack in this episode with its treatment for women. There's the Anna, Anna Nicole line. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which I thought was... It would have been... So, basically, um, Dean mentions, like, how John used to have these, like, nudie mags, and Sam's like, Anna Nicole, and Dean's like, hell yeah that's okay real quick um have y'all ever (laughs) commiserated with somebody else over the uh or like the death of your favorite porn star yeah (laughs) i don't know i I, i'm gonna say no for reasons okay (laughs) cool because dean has a line after that where he's like only the good die young feels a little gauche i didn't like that yeah yeah it's definitely garish at the very least fuck and then there's the bloodsucker line about kim kardashian now kim kardashian kind of i'm not a big fan of kim kardashian either Hmm. but basically she shows up on the television and Emily's like, what's a Kardashian? And Dean's like, oh, it's another bloodsucker. Just kidding. I, um... Yeah, there's a a bunch of different directions, different moments from this episode should have gone, and it fucking didn't. You're not wrong. I just, um... If it had just been the Kim, the Kardashian joke, I think I could have let it slide. But that, with everything yeah. else, it just feels like a little much. There's just a lot of like misogyny this episode, and it's very disappointing to see. Yeah, it was misogyny lasagna. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't a fan of it. I see you, Supernatural. I don't like it. Do better. Like a lot of your fans are women. 
Stop being yeah. shitty mm-hmm. towards women. Do better. Be better. Yeah. Especially in a season, like, you know, that was show run by another woman. Like, this, a lot of this smacks of not like other girls, and I'm not a fan. Mm-hmm. Not yeah, a fan Yeah, I that. get that, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyways, moving on from that super depressing conversation. Uh, what else do we need to talk about before we kind of start getting into next week's stuff? Um... Uh, I think that's that's all I really had like kind of notes on yeah um I had something else oh so there's a there's a boy who lives with the vampire yes um who Sam and Dean end up saving and I liked that is it Wait, Alan or Cody? Alan, yeah. yeah. They take him to his parents, yeah. It's like off screen. Yeah, but he yeah. he's like living with the vampire and they get introduced to him and that is very uncomfortable and um, basically Sam and Dean are like, well, there's nothing we do for Emily, but we're taking the kid with us and that felt really... I For a minute I thought that they were going to leave him, mm-hmm. but I liked that that didn't happen. Yeah. Um... Oh, there's also an implication that F- Guy Fieri is a Leviathan. Oh fuck, yeah. oh, fuck, yeah. Oh, shit. That was amazing. Yeah. Because... Who do you think... Do you think they get all of the celebrity chefs, the Leviathan, or they just were still working their way through? Because, uh, like, my first initial thought Alton when Brown's I was rewatching... Alton human in this universe, and I refuse to believe yeah. otherwise. <laughs> That's what I was hoping you'd say. Yeah. Alton Brown's definitely human. I'm I'm cool with yeah. it. Everything's fine. He's great. I love him. <laughs> what about you, Travis? Which celebrity chef do you think is still human? Um. Uh. Well, I don't know. I think I will say Bobby Flay definitely a Leviathan. Then. Oh, one hundred percent a Leviathan. Yeah. And yeah. Jamie Oliver too. <laughs> um. Uh. What celebrity Gordon Ramsay, though? Not not a Leviathan. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I think, think Gordon Ramsay would shout a Leviathan down to death. Yes. Yeah. There's no way that Gordon Ramsay could be defeated by a Leviathan. Nope. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, also, I feel like uh, Anne Burrell, not a Leviathan. Yeah. Um, neither is uh, the Pioneer Woman. Can't remember her <laughs> name. She's not a Leviathan. So, Ooh, which... uh, okay, here we go. Brad Leone from Bon Appetit, not a Leviathan, but Chris Morocco, also from Bon Appetit, is a Leviathan. Ooh, but Claire, not a Leviathan. <laughs> yeah, Claire, not a Leviathan. Uh, the You Suck at Cooking guy, not a Leviathan, binging at Babish, yes. Absolutely <laughs> He's a Leviathan. Levi- definitely, yeah. Yeah. They have to get him. Sorry, Babish. <laughs> we love you, but you've been taken think- over by an otherworldly force. Do you think Maddie Matheson is a Leviathan? No. I don't know. I think they might just 
just cause, just cause they want somebody like of that level, just cause the shit he makes looks great. Hmm. Anyone who's worked in a Michelin star restaurant, a Leviathan. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No. Except questions. for Gordon Ramsay. Except for Gordon Ramsay, that's true. Um, and Alton Brown. Although I don't know if Alton Brown's worked in a Michelin star restaurant. The Leviathan would try to take over Alden Brown, but he would just bring out all of the tools he uses to fuck with chefs on uh, Cutthroat Kitchen and like it would yeah. be bad. <laughs> it would be over. The fight would be over. It would. The Leviathan would show up in the room with Alden Brown. We would see Alden Brown bring out the real bondage gear that is used on yeah. that show. Cut two. Black blood everywhere and Alton Brown making a grilled cheese sandwich where he actually grills the cheese. Like, it would be done. It would be done. Uh, that really lines up with Cutthroat Kitchen lore, where anytime Alton Brown presents one of those items, he talks about it as if it comes directly from his house. Yeah, he really does. <laughs> He's if like, you... this is my leftover hot dog scraps. Good luck. <laughs> this I was is my ball gag. Have fun cooking with this. <laughs> oh god. So, um, go watch Cutthroat Kitchen. It's an amazing cooking show. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> and Alton Brown's a delight. Um, let's see what else. What else is there? We're, we're coming up at the end. Um. Oh, the yeah. the B the B plot conflict this episode is what are we going to do about Bobby, the friendly ghost who lives with us? Sam wants to take care of him, and Dean wants to pro- maybe also do that. What the fuck is does Dean want with that? <laughs> hmm. Like he's not like he doesn't disagree with Sam. Is he just is he he's in denial? He just. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. In the end, Bobby possesses a hotel maid, steals the flask, and is in the wind, so we gotta fucking deal with that, and then Dick basically kidnaps Crowley, so... Yeah, I'm... I'm starting to think that this... This arc is not gonna be wrapped up by next episode. Kind of like how they did that with the end of season six into this season, where it's mm-hmm. like it wasn't really wrapped up until an episode or two into season seven. Well, so remember, uh huh. I'm not saying you're right or you're wrong, but remember, next episode is Sarah Gamble's last episode as showrunner. She oh. leaves Supernatural after this. Hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Interesting. Don't know if that changes anything, but you have to remember, like... Somebody else is at the reins. Yeah. Who's to say what they would want? Who is to say? Although, I will go ahead and say one sign that, like, maybe something from Sarah Gamble's time will show up in season seven. I mean, season eight, I mean. And there definitely will be things, like... Oh, Kevin, um, we, the reason why the Leviathans know 
of what the tablet says as Kevin translates it for them in exchange for a place at Princeton and also um, his mom's life. Admittedly, the mom's life was the more important thing. Like, Kevin says no yeah. to Dick at first. And <laughs> I did think it was... That old scene. Oh, oh go on. Would you, No, what'd you think, Ari? Oh, I really enjoyed uh, the negotiation. The negotiation scene. Uh, James Patrick Stewart as Dick is just relentlessly cheery, um, even if he's threatening to like cut yeah. bits off. You drive a hard them. bargain, kid. Yeah. yeah, I like your gumption. What about you, Ben? What you got? Oh, that was pretty much it. Because that's that was something like I just I tried to watch. I tried to rewatch the beginning of this episode before we got started, just so it'd be like back and fresh in my mind. But that whole goddamn scene of you drive a hard bargain, kid, and just that huge shit-eating grin, both after he says that line and at the end when he brings Crowley into his office, and that slow smirk that he just forms and, like, we, like, cut to black on. Believe you me, I can't wait for Sam and Dean to wipe that grin off his face. Even though they, by all rights, should not be able to. <laughs> you ain't wrong, fuck. It should not be possible. And I will reiterate <laughs> what I said last week. I don't care how controversial it is. The team from Leverage would be able to beat Dick. Now, they wouldn't be able to kill him. I will give you that. But they would leave him destitute and in the streets and probably in jail. I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I am just saying. Um, one, one more, uh, moment I want to highlight because I scrolled past it in the quotes section. Uh, the alpha vampire is straight up like break, fourth wall breaks and he's like, see you next season. Yeah. That's what I was going to mention before I got distracted. Oh um, God. That shit was hilarious. Yes. That's what that's what I was like. Oh, we might see something from Sarah Gamble's time next season because the Alpha Vamp is like, well, see you guys later. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, you'll see me again. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. God, what if what if the Alpha Vampire just became like a recurring once a season character who just shows up, helps Sam and Dean out of a jam, and it's just like, all right, bye. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be yeah. amazing. He deserves it. It's a great fucking character. So, and he's a great actor. Yeah. So, go watch The Magicians. Kind of. A little bit. I, go go listen to our episode about The Magicians and then make up your own mind. It's, yeah. You, you can find that on Patreon. Hell yeah. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Okay, anyways, any final thoughts? Any questions, comments, concerns, hopes, dreams, wishes? Um... How are them Winchester boys going to get out of this one? God, that's a question to be answered next week. Travis. God. The next episode is called Survival of the Fittest. What's it about? Survival of the Fittest. Sam and Dean find themselves on an island with like 20 other people. And they have to like run through the mud and, and get these like idols and stuff so they don't get kicked off and if they stay on the island for long enough they get to pretend that they're celebrities for the rest of their lives Jared Padalecki and Jensen Ackles already get to pretend they're celebrities for the rest of their lives what are you talking about? (laughs) 
No, 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 not not Jared Paralecki and Jensen Ackles. Oh, I'm talking okay. Sam and Dean Winchester. Oh, I misunderstood. Sorry, sorry. Okay. That's fair. My bad. All right. Well, Travis, I don't know if that's going to happen, but if it does, we'll talk about it next week on Hey Asput. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to hear more from us, please check out our website, habcast.com. You get links to all of our social media at Habcast on Twitter and Instagram. Hey, ask about a supernatural podcast on Facebook. You can also gain access to our Patreon from our website. That's patreon.com slash Habcast, where for $3 a month, you uh, can become a listener of LSA, the show where we watch things that supernatural actors have been in that are not supernatural. Most recently, we did A Christmas Prince for Christmas spectacular um before that we did the walking dead we've done house of wax we've watched a ton of shit for that show uh until next time thank you so much for listening have fun and don't die bye